0: It's the Stazopod. I believe it's number 313, which seems like a very lucky number indeed. Uh, Before we hop into some really great questions here, the thing that's been on my mind recently that I've really been focusing all my life energy towards is action figure of the Millennia Club, both the sort of ending to this year and the beginning of next year. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. For a couple reasons. One, I finally have a bit of time and space, and that is because card slicers and diver, all those fulfillments went out, I've paid up all the uh, invoices I owe factories, and for the first time in many years, I'm sitting here with a blank slate. I don't owe anyone any money, I don't owe anyone any product, and uh, September and October action figure of the Millennium Club are already packed up, ready to go. So it's a very odd time. There's not a lot of quiet that's involved with the frantic pace of uh, toy design the way I do it anyway. So, uh, because of this breathing area, uh, I feel like the dam has been uncorked, and all of this creativity is spilling out of me. And the problem is not sort of uh, figuring out what figures are going to be in what months for next year, but rather, how do I pare this down so it's manageable, because I have... I've probably come up with a hundred new figure ideas in the past two weeks, as I've really been honing in on this this project. Um, I have to sort of sort out, okay, what is going to be store releases, what is going to be club figures, and then how much can I afford to order without putting myself in at great risk, uh, given delays and you know the outlay of cash and things like that. So it's been a really fascinating sort of time. Uh, because of that, I've actually asked. The patrons a question this week that they have all answered. We're going to go through those one at a time, and um, you know it's just been a it's been a super exhilarating sort of ride. And I've come up with a couple things. One, we're definitely going to do Action Figure of the Millennia Club 2023 at a certain point. Uh, I kind of wavered in whether or not to do the club, but ultimately I want to. I feel very energized, and it is a big money maker for me. So that's going to happen. The second thing is, um, as we're going to see with October and September, if you pay for a full year, you're probably going to get your figure shipped out early. Now, because there are different people in different parts of the country, that couple day head start may be a moot point. By the time someone in Hawaii gets their package uh, and they're a full year person, somebody in New York who's not a full year person and had to wait to get charged for October, they may have already gotten there. So... It's not a big deal, but it is something to kind of contemplate. If you know you're within a one or two day shipping zone of me, and you like to get things first, then signing up for a full year is probably going to make sense. The other thing I came to realize was, okay, September and October's crate is really solid. It's a hell of a lot of fun. There's a fantastic Franken Slice in there. Uh, there's a figure that I think people are obviously going to be very happy about. Uh, November and December are the greatest club figures ever no exaggeration when people get this it's going to blow their mind we're ending the year in a really really strong note Uh, and uh having felt that way for a long time i was sort of panged with the doubt of being able to top myself for uh the 2023 club but that's all changed now now that i've had this time to kind of bore down on designing and just throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks uh, I know I can outdo myself. Even as as high as I think the watermark is for the the remaining four figures for this year, I think I can instantly outdo it starting next year, and uh, it's very very exciting. I think also uh, one of the one of the occurrences for next year in the club, which as I say this this could change. I mean, literally everything's up in the air at this moment, but. I think there's going to be a lot more sort of cross-builds. So, for example, this is not a figure that's in there, but there could be... Uh, you know, we, we did the Minen Board figure with Ben Minenberg. That was a, a fantastic figure. I think everybody really liked it. It utilized Device Ninja parts and Old Knight parts, and they were mixed together uh, in the package so it was ready to go. And I think that's really fantastic. And I, I want to experiment with that Remix style Next year, I guess remix is not the right word, but the sort of cross builds. Um, now, this does mean that we might have a repeat of certain figure pieces or certain molds, but it would not likely be um, uh, in the same configuration, if that makes sense. So, I look at next year as maybe being an opportunity to kind of have these almost Frankenstein-style figures, but. Uh, produced that way, where the parts are already cross-swapped and it's kind of ready to go out of the gate. I think that could be pretty interesting. Um, one thing in looking at this and, and going through my entire design catalog is that in the early days, I really had to scrounge and figure out creative ways to make the same figure more exciting. So I purchased plastic shrimp off of Amazon and created the vector shrimp, and that was a way to release a figure with something different. Uh, I cut my own capes in some cases. You know, anything I could do to just add a point of differentiation, I I always did, but I was always limited by budget and by time and and by the catalog of figures I had, which at that point was maybe two or three. Um, Now going through all these designs, looking from, from point A to where we are today, I now have this library of figures and I can do almost anything I want and not repeat a single idea in a calendar year. So it's very exciting to have that ability and to sort of look back at where we started with this project and the sort of additional creative freedom and ability that I have standing here. And, um, you know, I'm super pumped for this. I, I, I'm very excited that September and October are going out as we speak right now. In good chance, by the time you're listening to this, it's already headed to you. Uh, I'm incredibly excited about November, December. Uh, and then I think February next year when we ship the first two pack, I think it's going to blow people away. I think all uh, the, the next three crates at least, um, could be some of my best work. So I'm excited about that. Now, obviously this begs the question, when can you sign up for 2023? We will probably do the same thing we do every year. There will be full year enrollment open in December and January, um, If you sign up in December, you will get a bonus 13th figure, which is typically a material-style base figure with additional accessories, a painted head. Uh, We did Lemon Ducky this previous year, the Zed Hunter. Um, If you missed out on that for some reason and you're a patron, you can order Zed Hunter on the secret store that you have a link to. Uh, So that will probably be the case. Um, I am going to, probably in... January, end of January, I'm going to close the top tier. So there will be no open enrollment in the $30 and $50 tiers. Those will be our numbers for the rest of the year, unless somebody drops out, in which case you might see the tier open back up. But any new people that approach us in 2023, they're going to have to sign up to be a $5 patron and um, they can kind of, uh, you know, uh, have at the secret store. Now, I've cautioned about this before, but you're going to start seeing this rollout with this very crate and every month thereafter, quantities are going to be much less. Um, You know, I ordered for this year based on our success in 2021, but that has changed. And I can't continue to hold a great deal of surplus inventory for patrons and then an eventual store release because it is cash that is not returned back to me. It's just leaving money on the table. So everything's gonna be much closer to made to order, which is you know exactly what I know I can sell. Uh, there may be some scarcity that comes up in the next couple months and into the next year, but generally, if you're a top tier patron, you're not gonna to have to worry about it. And if you're a $5 patron, you're gonna have an inside track to getting what you need, far beyond what the general public may appreciate. Um, I, uh, this is a bit tans- you know, bit of a tangent, but there's a really fantastic video by the great Brad Trammell that he has released. I don't think it's made public yet. You should be following him on Patreon. Uh, and it is about hustle culture and how we all sort of operate uh, in this mindset, whether we know it or not. And I'm certainly guilty of this. I have to, you know, grovel. I have to bear the indignity of self-promotion in order to survive. And we all have to do this in this new economy. So, um, I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. It just struck me as, you know, yes, I do have to uh, prostate myself and, uh, you know, beg for people to sign up for Patreon. But I think that what we built here and what the offer is, is pretty outstanding. And the value is certainly there. Uh, It is also worth noting, every... uh, Parcel also includes a download code for a theme song for the characters and a stop-motion animation video by our good friend Kenneth West. I'm hoping Kenneth will join us again next year for a full year of videos. Uh, This is important because people are about to watch the first of a two-part short film that goes along with the October Crate and continues on into the December Crate, telling a complete story and answering many, many questions that people have, including some questions we got today. So I intend to continue that on next year. And also every parcel will come with uh, either a sticker or a new card slicer card or a combination of both where sort of printing and scheduling and and timelines and things like that can kind of intersect. So all this is to say, I'm incredibly enthusiastic about the orders I'm about to place for some 2023 product. If there are any new figures in 2023, which I think likely there might be one or two, they will likely debut in the action figure of the Millennia Club. So if you're somebody who likes to get things first, that's the place to be. But um, this has been an extremely, extremely challenging year. Uh, I am part of the Patreon Ambassador Program, so I get to participate in these big Zoom calls with all the top creators, and pretty much everybody's saying the same thing. They are shedding... Patrons, uh, their e-commerce, e-commerce businesses are down. They're feeling the squeeze of a recession, and uh, it's no different for what I'm experiencing. But I feel like I'm finally over the hump. I've made my peace with that. We're gonna have a lighter, tighter, leaner ship next year, and I'm happy to be doing it, reduced numbers or otherwise. Like this is a a privileged position to get to make toys for a small audience that really appreciate them. So. We're full steam ahead. Some of these designs are really going to uh, flambe you guys in a good way, but uh, I'm excited. So with all that out of the way, let's get to some questions. We are heading over to the top secret Discord. How do you get into the Discord? Well, you simply become a patreon member at patreon.com slash jesse at this point i've probably said this over 300 times but one day it's going to sink in and you will join us there in any case the question comes from pk mate i've already asked a question for this week on patreon but in case you need an extra down the line somewhere well i do and i'll use it now what the hell if Saima is dead, what does this mean for the Bugmen that she created, and by extension, the cues created as a byproduct of the Bugmen? Are they tied to her life force to continue living, or are they self-sufficient beings once they are created? Uh, Sean, of course, is talking about something that's been a buzz in the community of Knights of the Slice. Saima and the death of Saima. Now, there's a short story uh, I believe late last year, in which Night Bugman, one of her most trusted uh, creations, um, shot her point-blank in the chest with a high-caliber pistol. Um, I'm completely blanking on the name of the short story, but I, I'm sure people can point you in the right direction if you want to read that. And ever since then, people have been wondering, where's Saima? There's no Saima releases. What's going on? Um... Sean is asking the right questions here, but I'm not gonna answer them. And I'm not gonna answer them because this is one of the themes of September and October's Crate as well as November and December. And throughout the short films and the songs that go along with those releases, you will have an answer to this and much, much more. Now, for those who don't know, Saima or Cybermama, uh, she does have this incredible ability That is not well understood, but essentially she can create beings of life. And the Bugmen are one of her creations. Uh, An unfortunate byproduct, as Sean so aptly put, is also the Qs. Qs are the sort of female version of the Bugmen, and they seek to destroy their mother, Saima, whereas the Bugmen seek only to sort of serve her quite blissfully. In terms of how their life and continuation functions. It's a lot like birthing a child in real life. Uh, you know, for those of us who may have lost a parent, you your life still continues on. You do not cease to exist uh, if those who birthed you cease to exist. So it is uh, similar parameters in that regard. Another analogy would be uh, Steve Jobs created software. Steve Jobs has expired. He does not exist on this plane of existence insofar as we know, yet his software creations continue on and proliferate. Now, we could also be pretty didactic about this and say Steve Jobs wasn't a programmer. He didn't really create any software. It's besides the point. Uh, But in any case, that's where we stand. These are the right questions to be asked. You're poised for a brilliant realization once the final four action figure of the millennia club figures get to you. And people, I cannot stress this enough. When you get your club figures, there is of course the dossier, that outlines what you're getting. And there are QR codes to bring you to the short film by Kenneth West, as well as the song downloads. Do not skip those pieces of intel. They are incredibly crucial, especially in these final four months. So uh, I'm sure a couple of people have glossed over it, but you gotta hone in and you gotta pay attention to those. Now we're hopping over to the main Patreon questions, but today's episode is a little bit different because I asked a question of all of you. And I'm gonna share the feedback, as i read it here so there will be uh some answers you guys have given me and some answers i will give you now the question i posed to everyone this week was what figures do you want to see in action figure of the millennia club for 2023 and i got some fantastic answers however i am going to use the weird al yankovic method of taking advice from fans so what weird al does anytime someone comes up to him and they go you should make a song about X, Y, and Z. Weird Al simply replies, I'll get right on it. And then never, ever does it. So that's going to be my reply to every suggestion of figures here. Uh, I will get right on it. And whether or not I heed any of your advice and they end up materializing in Action Figure the Millennium Club, we will have to wait and see next year. Uh, also, it is worth noting... Some of the things people called out could already be styles that are planned, ordered, sitting in the workshop waiting to go out. There have been more than a couple occasions where there is sort of uh, divergent thinking. That's probably not the right term, but you get the idea. Two people sort of thinking about the same thing and uh, it manifests in the real world. So, uh, very exciting. Those are the parameters of the question I asked. So we're gonna start off here. Jonathan Ortiz. And Brent Lawson both want to see a Riff Killer in the club. I think that's a pretty easy uh, pick. And I'll get right on it. Mark Wells, again Brent Lawson, and Red all say they want a Sima. Now, given the information I just shared about Sima, I don't know how likely that is. But I'll get right on it. Now a proper question from Gordon McKinnon Hall. What's the toy line you have a figure from that you've purposefully avoided researching so as to preserve a sense of mystery? I would love to see a red or red terracotta-colored device ninja for action figure of the Millennium Club. My culture also agrees. Red ninja, right up on his list. So what's a toy line that I have a figure from that I purposefully avoided researching to preserve a sense of mystery? That's a really tough one. I I don't think I have a toy line that I would answer. I think that I've, you know, in my uh, scholarly pursuits of uh, trying to comprehend this wonderful era of action figure making from about 75 to about 95, uh, I think I've gone down every rabbit hole. There's very few things out there that that kind of surprise me. Um, I guess maybe one answer would be Action Man UK. Um, there's a whole world of Action Man product, uh, and Max Steel as well in international markets. Um, these have been toy lines that have gone on for years and years and years where they barely got any traction in the United States. Um, there is also that goes along with that, a bunch of quick service restaurant prizes, kids meals, happy meals, things like that, uh, for these brands. And I definitely have spent... Time researching it, and I've gotten a few key items, but that is uh, something I'm not an expert on in any means, and uh, it feels like a very exhaustive pursuit. So I have not sort of uh, doubled my efforts to kind of understand every be a, be a sort of completest of the knowledge of these lines. A non-toy related but game-related answer to this question is Magic: The Gathering. I've sort of always been on the cusp of. Uh, Magic the Gathering, I I own a couple cards, Uh, I find them in lots sometimes, I don't think I've ever bought a set, it always struck me as being far too complex to play or understand, but I think that's changing, there is a Warhammer branded uh, series of decks that are coming out, as well as Lord of the Rings, so I I think I've decided to finally get into Magic the Gathering, and uh, learn how to play it, and then hopefully when those decks get here, um, play some games with my friends, we'll see. As far as a red device ninja in the club, uh, I'll get right on it. Moving along to Brett Barnacle, Can we expect to see more of the Ice Rats? I know you're not big on running a lot of a color scheme to keep it exclusive, but I'd love to see more of that in 2023. Hyper Ice was my first figure from you, and that colorway will always be my favorite one. Now, I'm actually going to answer this in earnest uh, because I feel the same way. you know, there are color schemes that I run once and I feel completely satiated by and I don't want to see every figure in that color scheme. Uh, I do think also in the world of independent toys, like, color schemes are just generally overused and overborrowed and over-recycled. and, you know, I, I think that's a fairly uncontroversial statement. I think most people would probably agree with that. Uh, so you're right, I am hesitant to kind of keep hitting the same button and the same note over and over again. but. In the case of Ice Rat and that color scheme, I just love it. I, you know, it. It. I imagine this is how people feel when they buy a Boba Fett color scheme or a He-Man color scheme. Uh, this is very fulfilling to me. Um, it is an homage color, if we're being honest, but it's something that just uh, it just really speaks to me. I, I don't know why. It's aesthetically incredibly pleasing to me. Thankfully, nobody else has kind of emulated that colorway so largely it feels like untainted and I still appreciate it so um, I don't know that I would say today it's definitely going to be in the club but I would be comfortable saying there are definitely going to be more ice rat color schemes in the future Uh, it's just something I I genuinely get a lot of joy out of and I know other people really appreciate as well so um, I will not say I'll get right on it but rather give you that very earnest answer Moving along to our friend Eric Valverde, did you know Super 7 and Acid Rain World had a collab coming out? Uh, Or more, my question is, how much are you aware of what's going on in the business? Um, I like to imagine that you are more apt to be in the know with independents and you have associated with the mega uh, companies outside your inner circle slash connections do you actively try to inform yourself or does news just naturally travel your way does your interest ebb and flow and burn out uh when you have periods of lethargy and invest your time in other interests elsewhere or do you keep consistent in following toys you don't have to answer a lot of questions just trying to give you the general gist of what i'm asking also sen you'd like to see sen in the club i'll get right on it um, no, I had no idea Super 7 and Acid Rain are doing collaboration. I think it makes perfect sense. I like Brian very much. I like Kit very much. They're both on top of their game in terms of being uh, interesting contemporary toy makers. So, God bless them. I think it's great. I'll definitely be ordering their collaboration. Uh, to answer more of the second part of this question, I have little to no interest in toy news. Uh, I, I really don't... It just it doesn't appeal to me. Uh, talking to other makers and things like that, um, it's fine, and I enjoy doing it in public when I see people, but I don't want to spend my days talking about toys and toy making and things like that. Uh, I live a, a kind of monastic lifestyle in that I get up, I feed my pets, uh, I start drawing, I go downstairs, I write a song, I go outside, I experience nature, I go to the workshop, and I pack orders, and I just do this over and over again, and it's very simple, and there's not much disruption, and I'm in nature, and, you know, at no part in the day do I feel lacking for being out of the cycle of the studio system, or the toy industry, or, you know, who's making deals with who, I could care less. I'm happy for people that do it, Um, you know, it's, it's still a joy for me to go to a comic store and pick up a joy toy warhammer figure or something like that but largely like my where I want to burn my calories in my brain um it's not in outside stuff I like working on my own stuff I've had a blast sort of designing what could be the next club year uh but I'd much rather sort of just write my own stories, spend time with my own characters than you know d- dive into the 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 machinations of the toy industry or the independence or things like that, it's not terribly interesting to me. Um, You know, I try to sort of uh, fill my life with other more vivid, tangible things, if that makes sense. Now the dichotomy of that is I'm also obviously doing consulting work, helping other people with their brands, doing meetings with Netflix and Funco and new toy startups and all this stuff. So a portion of my work day or work week uh, does involve stuff like that, but largely uh, it's not my own creations. It's not at all. So it's a completely sort of separate island uh, where I toil in. And I guess because I get to flex those muscles on these conference calls and these emails and stuff like that, I, I don't really feel the need to, you know, um, spend any time outside of that focusing on any toy stuff that's not my own or you know, the the few people that I really uh, like and follow and and, uh, are interested in what they have to say. Next question from James. He'd like to see a Transor Z slash Mazinger Z inspired color for Diver and an all-black capsule to put it in called the Black Death Capsule. Uh, You bring up an interesting point, I don't actually know if the diver fits in the capsules. I've not tried this. I will probably have to do that, I know, um, boy, I think that uh, one of our figures definitely does not, some of the bigger ones don't fit in there. I've had to take their shins off to kind of get them in there. So I'm going to add that to my list to uh, tinker around with in the workshop. Well, I can say uh, for Mazinger Z, I'll get right on that. And for capsules, I'll be honest with you guys, no more capsules. They're probably not making a comeback at all. Um, So, you know, there's that to cross off the list. Next question comes from Tim Wilkins. Would you ever consider running just a doll's accessory set, similar to how you released the Gold Diver arms? Uh, And for Action Figure of the Millennia, I'd love to see Sen, Vaughn, Bugwing and or literally anything made from the pearlized green you use for Diver, that is hot stuff. Thank you. Uh, uh, The Bio Blue accessories, Um, very nice shade of green, kind of a metallic green. I like it a lot. Um, Let's see here. Would I ever consider running just a doll's accessory set? You know, the, the problem with Sen's accessories are that they really only work, uh, you know, I, that's not entirely true. I guess I could. I'd never thought of it, to be honest with you. I could run it by itself. Uh, but... You know, the head is very specific to Sen, so I've never really thought of it as a thing that lives outside of, uh, you know, if it's not alongside the main Sen body. But, it's not a bad idea, and, uh... You've piqued my interest, so I gotta think about it. This is not a. will uh, get right on it, but it is a... Interesting, interesting note. Brian Doran would like to see Bugwing as a Micronaut with jet uh, Jetpack Homage, Diver in Army Man Green, Crow as Cray or Pike's prehistoric ancestor, Sen as an Action fig, uh, action Master, maybe Windmill, Verkill in Glow, Star Marshal in Toy Pizza Color, Hackerman in Ice Planet Color, Raddick in Fire Flower Mario Colors, Cybermama Mama as Bumble Jet, Hyper Knight as Gold Kenner. Batman, Device Ninja, and Metallic Green as a Metalhead, Michelangelo Testudo. Vector Jump, Silver Lake. I think you're having a laugh with me. These are all homages. Although, I think everybody would have to admit I have softened on my position in homages. Certainly, in the action figure of the Millennium Club, there have been homages this year. Um, Whether or not we get homages next year, that's the interesting question. Let me look at my little scratchy here. I got to... Print out with about 50 different potential figures that could go on this. Maybe. I think I'm comfortable in saying there might be an homage. Maybe there's two homages that could potentially be in the lineup for next year. I do think the safe bet is whatever these homages are going to be, probably not the ones people would guess. Good old Gary Arnold would like to see a Saima, a Diver, a Chromega, a Star Marshal, Verkill, Sen5, and a Translucent Chican in the action figure of the Millennia Club. Um, I think there's a good chance there's going to be a very wild variety of different figures in the club. So probably a few of those are going to get checked off. As for Shikan, I think we're going to keep Chican as only available through our good friend Robert's uh, eBay store and at conventions. He's been doing stellar business with it. I don't really want to uh, interrupt that. So uh, probably in the future, you're going to continue to get your Chicanes from... The maker himself, R-A-K. We got another vote for Chican from Charlie Pope, as well as Classic Night. I'll get right on it. Charlie also wants to know fettuccine or ravioli. Now, neither of these dishes I can digest. Uh, But if I had to pick ravioli 100%, ravioli is like a complete meal by itself. It's got the cheese, got the herbs already in there. Fettuccine, you need to add sauce. You need, you know, all sorts of accoutrements. Ravioli's ready to go, if you think about it. Back at it with a suggestion from Chris Loris. He'd like to see Ice Wave Device Ninja. I will get right on it. Moving along, JT Gerville, what's the worst gift you've ever received, and what did you do about it? That's a fantastic question. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but I would say most gifts are the worst gift I've ever gotten. I'm a hard person to shop for because I am sort of like fixated on very specific pursuits and hobbies, but I tend to buy a lot of shit for those hobbies, and so it's kind of impossible to shop for me. Um, the one person who's been pretty phenomenal at gift giving is my partner, Olivia, who uh, she just has always figured out something I never would have thought of that is very useful and very nice. One year she bought me a hand ten, which is an a incredibly thick Japanese winter garment. It's like wearing a blanket. You kind of tie it on you. And it's wonderful. I wear it every day. Um, it's a fantastic thing. She's always... she just... she has it figured out, you know. Um, other than that, I would say... Nobody ever please buy me a gift or give me a gift. There's, there's no reason I have more than I could ever want. Except maybe for interesting cooking spices. Joe would like to see Classic Nights, more Classic Nights, and Riff Killers. I think there's a very good chance that uh, two of those three will be in next year's club. Moving along to Sean Gordon, how did the members of the Real Life Z-Star 7 meet and form the band... Sean also has his picks for the club. I'd love to see a gunmetal Sen. Also, I like Tim's idea of a doll's accessory pack. Maybe a diver colorway for unmanned diving adventures. It would also be cool to see some alternate universe versions of dead characters or characters that aren't in the spotlight any longer, like a trilobite kingdom version of the classic Knights, but on a different body style like Star Marshall or the Desert Rat, more cherubium, Either as head packs or full figures. Maybe fill out the Spice Fleet ranks with alien cherubium heads. Just more cool Nights of the Slice. And I think I can promise you, at least, there will be more cool Nights of the Slice. To get to the question, how did the members of the real-life Z-Star 7 meet and form the band? Uh, Z-Star 7 was started by me, geez, two years ago, I think at this point. It was kind of an offshoot of my karaoke streams um moving up here you know to the wilderness where there's not a lot of people around i decided to just go full oscar isaac in ex machina mode and build a little dance club discotheque in my basement and sing karaoke and i would largely just stream it on instagram and people would have a laugh um i because i refused to pay for a premium youtube service i would get hit with ads in between songs And so I needed a little interstitial music to cover up the sound of ads uh, as I was waiting for the next song to go. So in order to do that, I started buying little Casios and things like that that I would find here and there. Um, The next uh, catalyst was watching the Craftsman video about his pocket operator, a little tiny drum machine that sampled vocals. He basically thread together a pretty convincing song using that with not a ton of musical experience and I thought I want to do that too so I bought a pocket operator and then as anybody who's into synths or musical gadgets will tell you it tends to go overboard from there so I started quickly gobbling up secondhand instruments wherever I could find them I got very lucky with purchasing a micro Korg and also a Korg chaos pad uh uh, sorry chaos oscillator the small one um both these instruments were transformative to me. I figured out I could make music not knowing music and kind of cheat my way in. And it expanded from there. Um, along the way, I had always been inviting people to come and make music with me. Very few people took me up on that ever. Uh, Michael Scottum, I think was one of the first people to come and do some music with me. And a very talented musician called Alex Van Gills uh, came down and we had a really proper jam session. And Alex's a working musician. He works in Broadway and does a lot of theatrical scoring and things like that. And uh, he couldn't believe that somebody had kind of... uh, He he was enamored with my process. He liked that I didn't know anything about music, but was determined to make music. Uh, All this was sort of heating up with my intention to launch the Cherubium 3-pack and these new figures, and how will I announce them? So I had the idea to write an entire song and release it, and make a music video all again with no experience doing this sort of stuff no you know no lessons nothing like that and uh i managed to pull it off and sometime around that uh i conned my friend dan into coming and playing and he added much needed guitars and we started to really heat up what we were doing the the um i'm forgetting the name of it now but the alexander songs that we wrote together. Were really quite phenomenal and, and still I think hold up to this day even if the sound quality is not so great. Um, Dan I met because his wife was uh, a model in life drawing classes and I struck up a friendship with her, She's very talented, really wonderful life drawing model and she said, oh uh, my boyfriend's moving back from the West Coast and I'm super excited And I begrudgingly said, oh, I can't wait to meet him. And then I met him, and I ended up loving him, and he's a great guy. And uh, quickly integrated into Jam Sessions once a week, and we were having uh, oh, so much fun. And then Brendan came along, and I had uh, been asking Brendan to come play forever since I started tinkering with stuff. He'd been over, and I'd shown him some of my gear. He graciously donated some gear to me, but... We could never really um get a schedule going and then suddenly at the start of this year it just kind of all clicked it fell into place and then we had the lineup and it was magical and it still is magical and um you know it became clear we had to play live and that's what we embarked on in april of this year and uh boy it's still a nerve-wracking experience but i'm having the time of my life you can obviously tell I, i i'm very animated and very enthusiastic about playing music, playing it live, playing it solo, whatever the case may be. Um, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So that's how I met the other guys. Um, and, you know, it's it's definitely been the best thing to happen to me in my 40s. Now, I'm only two years into my 40s, but still, I'm, I'm willing to say that this was a good move. Uh, you know, d- being determined to learn a new skill and play music, and more importantly, do it with friends. As for the other stuff you, uh, posited as potential club figures, I'll get right on it. Before I hop into our next submission, uh, I would like to tell everybody that comics, physical comic books, are now deeply reduced on the store, brand new pricing, Uh, The reason is twofold. One, I need to clear out some serious space, and these things are huge, big, heavy boxes. They gotta go. I gotta move them. Gotta get rid of them. The second part is, I am nearing completion on Normal Combat 2, a very important short story. And I need more people to read the comics relating to Knights of the Slice, so you all are on the same page when Normal Combat 2 comes out. It's gonna be hugely impactful to the world of Knights of the Slice, as well as fit in nicely beside the narrative that will be going on in the short films that debut in the club figures. So go check them out. I'm selling these at essentially my cost, uh, losing money on every transaction, but I'm gonna do it because I need the space and I want more people to read my comics. So go and do it. Run, don't walk. Uh, now we got Isaac Carmen. He would like to see more Saima, Verkill, new cherubium heads. He would like to see a cat, please. And purple figures with glow-in-the-dark or silver chrome accents. I'll get right on it, except I don't know when I'm going to do more cherubium heads. Um, I've kind of been waiting for Erwin Papa to free up again so he can sculpt some new ones. It's not... I I want hand-sculpted cherubium heads. I think they work better. I think that, like, um, there's just something I prefer... To be touched by human hands rather than digital, and the Shrubiums are one of those things. And I can't really quite articulate why. It's just a strong feeling I have. Next question from Gavin Ryder. A few months back, you mentioned you were considering releasing the Sen that was used for Neo Stars torso for uh, action figure of the Millennia as a complete figure with all of its odd, disjointed, painted parts. Will that be before the end of the year? I'd also love to see Sen, Diver, Simon, Device Ninja, Rift Killer, Hob, Old Night, basically every figure we make, he'd like to see. Um, So I am going through a big inventory process in the workshop right now. The issue with the scrap Sen, as I call it, uh, is that I do not have very many of them, and I think it would likely be a bloodbath if I add them to the store. So uh, I don't... I'm I gotta think about it. I gotta continue to do my inventory and I gotta find a way to kind of get that pack out there. But there's really not a lot of them. The majority of those packs were split up and used for Cross Skulls and then obviously used for Neostar. Uh, but it is on my list of things to release at some point, and I think the you know the smartest bet would be that I will release those in the Patreon secret store and not a sort of general public release. But again, give me some leeway and and let me figure out the best method to do it. Maybe it's a lottery draw. I'm just not sure. Speaking of Z-Star 7, we got a question from Brendan McGrath from Z-Star 7. I'm still kind of lost on the Night of the Slice universe, but I've gathered it's a future Earth or an Earth-like place. What's the geography like? Is that in the stories? Are there cool cities? Also, my one question is, can I see a map? I love maps. Um, Everybody loves maps. Maps are great. So, the way to sort of visualize the world of Knights of the Slice is that it is our world, maybe a few years in the future, and a sort of alternate or separate dimension. Uh, And within that world, there are also alternate separate dimensions. We have sort of trilobite kingdom. uh, We have the vector, which is the kind of connective viscous material in between these worlds, sort of uh, acting as a freeway that connects all of them, you know, there is a... I I think that that's kind of the best way to kind of crystallize it. I visualize myself that I have my waking world present and in front of me, and there is this alternate Night of the Slice world, and it is as real as my world. But when it comes to questions like, who is the president, or, uh, you know, what skirmishes happened in the 80s, all of that history is pretty well mirrored to the world that you and I know, uh, with slight tweaks and sort of temporal differences here and there, like maybe Bill Clinton had a third term in the world of Knights of the Slice, or, or something absurd like that. Uh, so generally, it's it's pretty easy to enter into and understand the parameters of, because it is largely our world, just a sort of alternate version of that. Uh, Brendan also points out that the GLIOS Wiki has plenty of info, now that he sees it. And that's a that's a good reminder. Everybody should hit up the Glyos Wiki. There are pretty comprehensive uh, breakdowns of major stories and events and things like that. Epic artist Ian Amling, what do you think he would like to see in the club for next year? He says, since Diver's arrival, the Vector Jump figure has had some serious competition, but my vote is still for Vector Jump. Uh, I think that's totally fair. I think people really like vector jump. I will be 100% candid and honest. Right now, looking down at this worksheet with the 50 plus designs that may or may not make it into the six parcels we're going to do next year, I do not have a vector jump. Um, that's possibly an oversight or possibly just nothing bubbled to the surface for me. Um, So I don't actually know how likely it is that there's a vector jump next year, but I do think there will probably be a vector jump available in a public store setting or something like that because it is a good figure at the end of the day and it does not get enough love. I will be the first to admit that. Um, Part of the issue for me and creativity in vector jump is that I've done a lot of vector jumps, right? It's the second figure. So I've done more different styles of vector jumps than a lot of the newer figures that uh, I'm not quite as familiar with or haven't explored or hadn't had as much time to spend with. So it does pose a problem for me in deciding what is a worthwhile color scheme to pursue uh, for a vector jump. You know, I'll be honest about that. But uh, I think reasonably we could see one next year. that does it for today's episode uh, if I didn't get to your questions I'll hit them up next time before I head out today I wanted to tell everybody there is going to be a costume party and concert for Z Star 7 on October 30th this is our Halloween show it is at Dogwood in Beacon which, if I'm just being honest is my favorite place to play beautiful stage great projector lovely room always a heartfelt, warming crowd. So we're going to do it. We're going to be in costume. Uh, We want everyone that shows up to be in costume as well. I will be giving away the Halloween packs of Pokemon cards to everybody who uh, wears a costume. And we're going to play the hits, and we're going to create some new songs on the spot. So October 30th, Dogwood in Beacon. We will see you there. It's absolutely worth the trip. And it is a Sunday, if that matters. Um, So Hope to see you guys then and uh, I think today we'll have Z star 7 play us out.